Pastor Ed Ray with a word of encouragement for believers in Christ. God uses flawed vessels, jars of clay, mud pots. That's you. That's me. You see, he puts Jesus inside you when you surrender your life to him. Christ in me, the hope of glory, Paul wrote. That's the hope of being displayed. Zion, now filled with hands, and in this place gotta dwell with man. Sick be healed and the crippled stand, singing hallelujah. My kingdom built with the blood of my son, selfless sacrifice for everyone. Faith, hope, love, and harmony. I said, let this world know me by your It's a real pleasure to have you along as we open our Bibles to John's Gospel and get ready for a great time of study in God's Word here on Grow in Grace with Pastor Ed Ray. Here on this broadcast, Pastor Ed brings us a message based in John chapter 17. This chapter is commonly referred to as the Red Letter Prayer because it consists entirely of the Lord's Prayer the night before he was arrested and crucified. It's a touching and powerful chapter. Here's Pastor Ed picking up where we left off in our study of the Gospel of John. Before the word world is cosmos in the Greek language, Jesus Christ pre-existed. He was the God who always was. He is the God who is right now, and he will be God who always will be Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, now, our brain skids to a stop because we can only experience time in succession. We can't think beyond our own life. So it's called beyond the vanishing point. That's what the Hebrew word means for eternity. Beyond the vanishing point, you stand on a set of railroad tracks up in Victorville, and you look down, as far as your eye can see, when those two rails come together by parallax, that's the vanishing point beyond that. Now imagine that railroad track you're standing on is time, and it goes forward in time, and it goes backward in time as far as you can see and beyond the vanishing point. And your brain goes, I don't know if I can think that big a thought. Jesus Christ, God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit were there before the universe was made go back further. I can't. Jesus Christ, Father and Son and Holy Spirit were there before angels were created. Beyond the vanishing point that our little peanut brains can go. And God says it that way because he lives outside of time. He's saying before time, the fourth dimension was added to this world, to his creation, he was already there. And so when time ends, because that's what Revelation says it's going to, he'll still be there and we'll be with him because that's the whole point of him coming so that you and I would spend eternity with him. He loves us so much he wants to take you into eternity. Some of you have that look of, I can't follow that, Pastor. And I don't think we're supposed to. I think it's supposed to be a bigger thought than we can hold. So, Verse 6, I have manifested, I've displayed your name to the men you have given me. The 11 he's talking about, they're there in front of him. Out of the world, they were yours. 
you gave them to me. They're a gift, and they have kept your word. Now, he's going to say in a minute that you also have been given from Father God to Jesus. You belong to him. You're a gift. And you're saying, it's not much of a gift, Pastor, if you know my background. He wants a relationship with you, and he puts you together inside your mother's womb. He knit you together, Psalm 139 says, and he wants you to spend eternity with him. God would that none would perish, that all would come to repentance. He wants everybody to go with him into eternity. And he is talking about it being a gift of Father God. Now, Jesus, God, I go here a minute. He says, according to his name, I have manifested your name now, in the Hebrew line of thinking, name is character. It means who you are. It means your qualities of life. When you name the kid, if you're a Hebrew, you don't name the kid when they're born or before they're born after your Uncle Harry or whatever. They wait until the kid displays some sort of characteristic. You remember in the Old Testament, Jacob, Jacob, was a heel catcher. That, he was given that name because that's what it means because he reached up and grabbed his brother Esau's foot and as he was going out the birth canal, he wanted to get in front of him. That's what they said. So it gave him that name. His brother was covered with red hair, so they call him Red. That's what Esau means. But the characteristic of a person tells you their personality, who they are, what they're like. This is God. It, it's your name. What's his name? Burning bush. Remember the story? It's in Exodus chapter 3. Moses is out taking care of sheep. And his father-in-law's sheep couldn't get a job, a real job, so he had to work for his father-in-law. And all of a sudden, a bush is burning. And he, he looks at it, and it keeps burning, but it doesn't burn up. So he walks up to the burning bush, and the bush speaks to him. This is the first Bush administration. <laughs> Just making sure. Some of you are starting to fade. I can see it up here. The bush says, I want you to go set my people free. Take them out of Egypt and bring them to the land I'll show you. He said, oh what am I going to say to Pharaoh? Who sent me? He said, I am that I am. And I'm sure Moses did a double take. I am that I am? It doesn't make any more sense in Hebrew than it does in English. But if you listen carefully, I am because I always was. I am now, this moment, and I will be I am in the future. I've always existed and I always will and I'm your ticket to eternity beyond the vanishing point. I am the bread of life, Jesus said. Sustenance, nutrition for your spirit. In John chapter 6, in John chapter 8, he said, I am the light of the world. Moral understanding, what's right and what's wrong. I am the door of the sheep, John 10, verse 7. I, I'm a, a portal, I'm a, a doorway that you go through. I'm the only door. Oh, pastor, it sounds so narrow. It is narrow. He said, narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Broad is the road to destruction. It's a freeway. It's a narrow, and so narrow, it's just through one way. Jesus, that's what he said. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. And John 10 and John 11, I am the resurrection. You're going to die someday. I'm going to die someday. And all of a sudden, I'm going to wake up when God joins my dead body somewhere in the ground, hopefully, not eaten by... I have this weird being worried about eating by a shark. I don't know what difference it makes. You know, maybe you won't eat me well enough. I don't know. Barracuda will have to pick up this, <laughs> but I diverge. <laughs> Someday, 
God's going to pull us all together. It doesn't matter if you died at sea or, you know, in the ground. It doesn't matter if you've been torched. <laughs> we, we, I didn't intend to talk about that. But resurrection. I am the way you're going to rise up. Someday you're going to wake up. And seeing him, you'll be like him. In a new body. Don't worry about the old one. It's worn out. Yeah, mine is too. But the new one, oh my goodness, it passes through walls. You can eat anything you want. There's no calories in heaven. Did you know that? that that's my little heresy. I'm holding that one. I don't know if it will be true, but it would appear that way. Everybody's in great shape. They can fly around. Jesus showed up in a locked room, but I diverge. Oh, out of the world. Important concept here. This is that word cosmos again, but he's not talking about the stars in this verse. The context makes us choose which he means. The stellar space or the world system. This is the world system. World system? Yeah, we're surrounded by it. When we get to the book of Revelation, there he, he calls the world Babylon system. Now, you can say this. Somebody has said that the Bible is the story of two cities. The city of God, Jerusalem, and the city of hell, Babylon. And you can spend your entire life living in Babylon in the world system and think materialism is the most important thing. I just need to get more money or more drugs or more recognition because my ego needs it. I, I need to be the head of this organization. Those are all materialistic things. It's all the kingdom of Babylon. But there's another kingdom. And God wants you to become a citizen in the kingdom that is the city of God. Now, not Jerusalem in Israel, but Jerusalem in heaven. And he wants again you to spend eternity with him. So they have, it says, they have kept your word, and I have taken them out. You've given me them out of the world, out of the world system. It'll come up again in a moment. Verse 7 Now they have known that all things which I have given them is from you. The things that Jesus spoke, recorded in this book and other places are in fact the truth from him i have given to them the word verse 8 interesting here the word word w-o-r-d in the greek language there's two completely different words the word for the bible is the word of god is logos or logos as they say in greek but this word is the word remata and it means the spoken word that's perfectly fit for the moment. I pray that it's happening for some of you. In other words, I'm talking about certain subjects, but you may have come with a question from God that you need answered, and that I'll just make a side comment. I have it happen all the time. I'll be standing at the front door, and somebody comes and says, you know, thanks a lot for, for speaking on uh, the topic of whatever it is. And I said, I didn't speak on that today. Oh, yeah, you did. You said this, this, and this. I said, really? I did? Is that because I'm so clever? No. <laughs> it's called the gift from God, the word of knowledge. First Corinthians chapter 12, you can go look it up later. But you and I are supposed to ask for that. You see, God wants to use us to help other people and to give them the perfect word at just the right moment when they're struggling with something is a great gift from God to them. The word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, they're both there in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You need to ask God for them so you can be helpful for other people that need some kind of direction in their lives. 
You're listening to Pastor Ed Ray on Growing Grace. Today we're in John chapter 17. Let's pick things up now at verse 9. I pray for them. I don't pray for the world. He's going to pray for the world when he gets to verse 20. I pray for them, but not for the world, but for those whom you have given me. You are God's gift to Jesus. Father God's gift, you have received him because of that giftedness. That's a mind blower. Why would God give the thing that nobody wants? That's what most of us are thinking about that. First, because he loves us and he built us. He put us together inside our mother's womb. Psalm 139 says, you were knit together. But I don't like the work he did. Shut up. He did it the way he wanted to make you. Well, I'm too tall. Not according to him. Well, I'm too short. I'm not smart enough. I'm too smart. My eyes are crossed. My ears are too low or too high. Or, you know, we all have issues, right? This little kid over in our school's mom always puts him in a t-shirt. This is, he's about seven. He says, I have issues. We all do. We all have issues, right? But you are God's gift. God the Son received you from Father God. It's absolutely astounding. Verse 10, and all mine are yours and yours are mine. Again, Jesus is still talking to God the Father. God the Son is speaking to God the Father. And I am glorified. There's that word again. I am displayed in you. Now, he's talking to the 11 and all of us who have been influenced by them to surrender our lives to God. Now, think about that a minute. These guys are a mess. Peter just a few minutes from now, from this point in, in John chapter 17, is going to deny Jesus three times. And the last one is in front of a little girl. He's a big burly fisherman. She says, you're one of him. No, 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 not me. And he runs, screaming, cursing. Sorry, that's what it says. Cursing a blue streak. He was turning the ears blue of everyone who heard him leaving, leaving the high priest's patio. This is the guy Jesus said, I'm glorified in them. Listen, extrapolate that to you and me. That's the good news. God uses flawed vessels, jars of clay, mud pots. That's you. That's me. You see, he puts Jesus inside you when you surrender your life to him. Christ in me, the hope of glory, Paul wrote. That's the hope of being displayed. That Jesus Christ takes up residence in me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. When you surrender your life, the Holy Spirit comes in. You, you know, it, it's the new covenant. The old covenant said you keep the law and you won't die. What a great covenant. 613 rules and regulations, the rabbi said. And you only have to do is keep them perfect. How are you doing with that? Thou shalt not covet. You can't even get through the first 10 without blowing it. I can't either. Nobody can. So what's the point? When the New Testament comes, where he says, I'll take out your heart of stone, I'll put in a heart of flesh, I'll write my law of love on your heart, and I will cause you to walk in my ways. He'll change our want to. When we surrender to him, he begins to change because the Holy Spirit's inside us, our heart. First, rock goes out, clonk, that's your heart, and he puts a new one in, flesh. 
And then the Holy Spirit takes up residence. And all of a sudden you feel closer to God. Are you perfect? Look around. We're just flawed vessels that Jesus has given us the gift of himself living in us. To tell the world, to give the world hope. What? You see, they look at me. They look at you and go, that guy's a Christian? That girl is a Christian? They're a mess. Maybe there's hope for me. Ah, that's why flawed vessel, not perfect people. He he could send an angel down. You know, perfection, we all go, well, I can't do that. I'm not going to be able to follow that. Why even try? But they see an idiot like me up here talking. Now, listen, I grew up in this town. I was an absolute flaming atheist until I was 26 years old. Scientist, working scientist. But it happens all the time here. It really keeps everything in context. So the other day, a woman walks up here. She's old. And I'm thinking, hmm, older lady. And she said, Eddie Ray, is that you? (laughs) And I said, yes, ma'am. It is. Do you know me? She said, I was in high school with you. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, I just had to come and see it for myself. I live here in town, and somebody told me that you were a pastor, and I said, no, not him, and she came. See, that's what God wants to use you in the same way. You look at your messed up life, your friends, and they'll go, he's a mess, but you know, he's changing. He's not doing the same things we used to do together. He, He says he needs to go to church. Well, if he needs to go to church, that's not the old Frank I used to know. That's what this verse is talking. I am glorified in them, in you. You're the display case for God in the world. Verse 11, I'm no longer in the world. Jesus said, I'm about ready to go. I'm only here a few more minutes. But these are in the world. I'm leaving them, and this is the word cosmos or earth. I'm leaving them on the earth. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name, again, the character of God, who he is, those whom you have given me, and that they might be one as we are one. Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit think the same way. They're in agreement. There's no arguments. They're one. That's what God wants us to be. Now, not uniformity, not cookie-cutter Christians. We're all different. That's good. This is unity. That means we agree Jesus is Lord. No longer in the world, but these are the... I'm leaving them here on earth. I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name, the power of your name, who you are, those whom you have given me, that they may be as one. We might agree. Again, not perfect cookie cutters, but you love Jesus? Praise God. You believe God's word, the Bible is true, then we're on the same team. We're looking to change the world together. Amen. We believe in God and the power of his word. We're on the same team. Pastor Ed Ray will be right back, and this is Grow in Grace. We're going through the Gospel of John together from start to finish. For a CD copy of today's message, just call 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. Or you can listen online at thepackinghouse.org. You'll find an archive of past radio programs there, too which comes in handy should you miss a message on the radio. Go to thepackinghouse.org 
and look for our radio page. You know, it takes a team to bring Grow and Grace to you, and we look to our listeners to help make all of this possible. We have an exciting resource to tell you about. It's True Spirituality by Francis Schaeffer. After serving the Lord as a pastor for many years, Francis began to wonder if Christianity really made a difference in people's lives. True spirituality, you could say, is the result of his effort to re-examine his faith. And if you want to discover what true spirituality looks like in everyday life, this is the book for you. We'll send you a copy when you support Grow in Grace today with a gift of any amount. And as you give, you'll be helping many others around the country and around the world to grow in grace as well. Just give us a call, 844-77-GRACE. That's 844-77-GRACE. With a closing illustration, here's Pastor Ed. So we have a couple that have been working in Africa for a long time. They're actually personal friends of mine. I knew them when I worked at the hospital. And they sent me a little story from where they work, Morocco. They work in the, all the way over to Tunisia. It's all Muslim. It's all Muslim, we call it countries. And there was a missionary there in 1947 who was working on a book to give to people who couldn't read. A book? Really? No, there's no words, a wordless book. And a Muslim man who knew he was dying, they didn't understand much about cancer in 1947, but he knew there was a tumor that was growing. It was causing him a lot of pain. And so we walked from the southern area uh, below Morocco all the way to the north right across from Gibraltar, where this missionary was working. And so he knocks on the door, and the missionary comes up, I said, yes. And he said, I'm a Muslim, but I don't believe in Muhammad. I know I'm dying, and I have no hope. Somebody told me you could give me some hope for eternity. He said, well, yeah, come in. And he sat him down, and he said, I've just been working on this. He puts a little book in front of him, and he opens it up, and there's no words on it. It's just a black page, all black. And he said, this is your spirit, black with sin. He said, yeah, yeah, that's the way I am. Turns the page, and it's red. He says, and this is the blood of God who came to earth to die to remove your sins. He said, really? He said, great. Turns the page, it's all white, no words on it. He said, this is what your soul looks like after you ask God to take your life. Turns it over the fourth page, it's gold. This is heaven. That's where you're going to go if you'll do that. He said, well, how do I get there? He said, you pray. Pray with me. So he led him in a sinner's prayer, transformed. He walks all the way back several hundred miles to his home in southern Morocco. And he walks in the house and his wife said, where have you been? He said, well, I've been talking to the missionary. He said, no, no, don't talk to the missionary. You need to talk to Muhammad. You're a Muslim. You, you pray five times a day. You face Mecca. You've gone to Mecca. You've made your pilgrimage. You take care of the poor. He said, no, I'm not. I don't trust Muhammad. She said, well, what do you trust? He said, let me show you this book. And he explains it, but it's not very perfect. You know, it's the first time he heard it. So he gets to the, the white page, and he says, and this is what you look like after you ask Jesus in your life. And she said, well, then put your head on that white page and tell Muhammad that you need to go to paradise. And he said, no, no, you don't understand. Flips it back to the red page, puts his head on the book, and dies. And she's freaked out. And she looks, 
She pulls the book out and looks at the red. He said, what do you say about the red? She walks several hundred miles north to this missionary's house, finds it. He opens the door. She's got the book in her hand. And she says to him, my husband died. He said, oh, yes, I met your husband. She said, yes. And you gave him this? He said, yeah, I did. He says, I don't understand it. He said, come in. So he sat her down. He opens up the first page to black. He says, black, that's your soul. That, that's your spirit. It's filled with sin. She said, yeah, mine is. Flip the page and it's red. He says, red is the blood of God who died to wash away all your sins. Really? He can do that? Flips it over. White page. She says, white is the color your soul is when you surrender to him. What's the fourth page? Flips it over. It's gold. He says, that's where your husband is. You want to be with him. You do the first three. She says, well, I want that. And so she prayed through it and gave her heart to the Lord. And she went back to her village. And she said, I have this book. It's not hard to understand. Black, you're black with sin. Red is the blood of Jesus Christ. White is what you're going to be if you surrender to him. And gold is where you're going to heaven. We will continue our study of Jesus' prayer from John 17 next time here on Grow in Grace. This program is brought to you by the Packing House Christian Fellowship in Redlands. Zion, now filled with hands And in this place gotta dwell with man Sick be healed and the crippled stand Singing hallelujah My kingdom built with the blood of my son Selfless sacrifice for everyone Faith, hope, love and harmony I said let this world know me by your 